Hi, welcome to Romance Writers Therapy, where we talk about writing and our feelings about writing and a lot of things that are completely unrelated to either Mm -hmm. because we wander off the beaten path. What if I just stayed silent for like... What if you just stayed silent? (laughs) What kind of... (laughs) I just had a thought of like, what will she say next if I say nothing? Glad you like shot yourself in the foot by saying it out I know, loud. but like really, that's so cruel to just be silent. Kind of like, oh, I gotta stop the recording and hang up and call. I must have Marty. lost her. Like, Marty, I have go? to call you back. Auntie M! Marty! <laughs> Marty, where'd you go? Um, okay, but we probably should also tell them like who we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do that at the beginning? I mean, that's smart. some. I, I sometimes I think that is a good idea, but we don't. We rarely remember that. <laughs> you, you could have brought this up. At any I point. didn't think about it until just now. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm your host, Kate Pryor. Do you want to introduce yourself? I, yeah, I am your other host, Marty V, and we are romance writers. Woo! And we need therapy. <laughs> what if I if was just silent? <laughs> what if I just left you to question your own existence for a few minutes? <laughs> Everyone pretend that Kate is invisible. <laughs> Too late. I'm used to oh. it. <laughs> um, that is like, yeah, that was like the cruelest. Like <laughs> my cousins would do stuff like that. <laughs> so oh, totally. It's like, it happens all the time when you're a yeah. kid. It's what you're just like, yeah. Like, happens. and the thing is, like, I know I'm not invisible. I know you guys can see me, but it's still really cruel. <laughs> like, Which is, you know, funny enough, that's exactly what querying feels <laughs> like. <laughs> Which is our topic today. Yeah. yeah, so Kate has been querying the manuscript Handle, Handle with Claire. Feels like I've been doing it longer than I actually have, I think. I mean, it's been like a whole year, really. Right? Oh, no. I feel like I sent off a couple of like half-baked queries. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of stressed about Mm -hmm. it for eight months. I get that. And then I did a bunch more. And then it's like, oh, this wasn't so bad, actually. I mean, that like should be like on a shirt. (laughs) That entire story. (laughs) What? (laughs) Should be on a shirt. Because like, really, if that's not like half of life's task. I started it, I stressed for eight months, yeah. and then I did the rest of it, and then it was okay. I have a phone call I have to do. I've had to do it for weeks now. Just make the phone call, lady. Stop thinking about it. Just make the phone call. <laughs> Instead, I remember, and then I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do it after this task. And I never get it done. That is counterproductive. So this is like our most half-baked episode. Yeah. The dough is still raw. Yeah. Because we just literally were like, what if we talked about querying? And then yeah. ran into it, no thoughts. <laughs> okay, so. Head empty. What are some of the resources you found that are helping with the querying process? Resources. Um, I would say that the time that I've spent on Twitter, mm. because if you follow agents and editors and people in the publishing industry they do tend to post um 
little threads every now and then addressing like mm, I've been getting a lot of queries that are making this mistake mm. so like mm-hmm. refresher course here which is nice that you is know? really nice but I'm also but like, God, that's so much time like I have to get to know these people personally well, before I can like ask them to read this oh no no well but like it kind of feels like it like I have to follow them on the social media and I have to like figure out like what their do's and don'ts and stuff like that oh no not okay. at all I'm just talking about when you're learning about the publishing industry, traditional, uh-huh. but also indie, hey, you can I, learn about There's a ton to learn. I feel that following a bunch of people and, you know, going through your feed every day when you pick up a couple of things here and there is a good way to kind of slowly absorb information rather than trying to sit down with, like, a how-to guide of mm-hmm. everything all at once and hoping that you'll absorb it then. You That's know? how I usually learn everything, though. It's like, oh, really? yeah, slow process is not my, my bag. I, I have to get as much information as I can right away because I lose interest so quickly. Mm. So I have, like, found a couple YouTube videos that I really like. But um, one of my favorite resources is actually a, a podcast called Shipping and Handling. And it's by Jennifer Udden and Bridget Smith. Jennifer Udden was literary agent and now she's a freelance editor and Bridget Smith is a literary agent but they have an episode I want to say it was like 2016 so I'm sure a lot has changed because by the time by the time like one standard is established in any level of publishing all of a sudden the standard changes but they had an episode where they actually like read a couple query letters aloud you know after the author's consent (laughs) like the author sent them in to get critiques they weren't just like let me pull these out of my inbox um but they read them aloud and they actually critiqued them like on the show and that was that was really cool shipping and handling and also like their podcast in general is really interesting you realize i have to cut all that out because we can't be (laughs) advertising for other podcasts we talk about podcasts all the time no no i'm I'm (laughs) okay like why can't we why can't we for this no. one, Kate? It's called competition. I, I mean, we do a half hour. For one thing, they are not consistent. Okay. We do oh, okay. a half hour weekly. Like, stick with us, friends. Stick with us. We'll see you again next week. I do feel like I have to apologize to the listener because we're kind of low energy today. Yeah. yeah go low. Relax. Yeah. Just listen to not the at all. soothing sounds of our voice. It's very AS- ASMR, this As episode. we discuss <laughs> our anxieties in the publishing industry. <laughs> Sit back. Well, so as I understand it. Coffee. <laughs> oh, coffee. I know. I think about coffee constantly. Oh, my I don't God. know how I've become. I had the... The local coffee place that's like just New Jersey. The, the chain. Mm-hmm. They start doing a strawberry mocha iced coffee. Oh, that's and it's just so good. But they're like far enough out of my daily Uh routine that it wouldn't make sense to go there a lot um yeah i tend to not leave the house very often so like you know i grind my own beans and like i have like a decent cup of coffee and everything but like today i didn't i just drank yesterday's leftover (laughs) (laughs) i'm totally down for it but like we have we got the tezo chai latte like mix so you do 50% that, 50% coffee, and then whole milk on top. Mm. Mm, mm, this mm. isn't even coffee anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a beautiful hybrid. 
<laughs> you will not shame me in my coffee drinking. <laughs> no, I I will. I will do whatever it takes. I will do oh, you know, maybe do we want to? Oh, we just we've done ten minutes now. So I was like, I just remembered the other thing I wanted. What do you to want talk to talk about? about? You know what? Well, so just strap in, reader or listener. We're just we're gonna go on a path. We'll end up somewhere. Okay, we're gonna just see the open road. So obviously, what makes a story is very subjective, and I think you'll never have that. Or what makes a good story is so subjective, and nothing will tell you that mm-hmm. more than the dozens upon dozens of automated query replies you get when you send out a hundred query emails. That is okay. Can you ex- <clears throat> like? They all say the exact same thing. Like. I'm sorry, this is like just my tiniest pet peeve is that a lot of agents have copied word for word from each other the same email. And it's like, when you get one with a little bit of variation, you're like, oh my God, the personal touch here is amazing. (laughs) Like, even if you send this to everyone you talk to, the fact that you personalize this and everyone else is using the exact same words, like, like it's, it's such a weird sensation. Mm -hmm. How many I don't know if that makes sense. sent out? I want to say I'm like 69. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made a little spreadsheet recently yeah. and then I neglected it. So. Because um, I saw it back in like 2016, 15 when I was, when I was querying something that will never, I think it was totally, oh God. From Cringemas. <laughs> oh, our Cringemas episode. You I queried sent it. That out? I queried it. Yep. God. Oh my God. Bless my little heart. You know? <laughs> you live and learn. You grow so much. <laughs> but yeah. You really do. Yeah, you really but do. But also, like, you got to look back and go, oh, oh my God. God I someone, I gave someone 10 pages of that? Oh, no. <laughs> Take it back. I mean, to be fair, I feel that about my the current manuscript Gosh, I'm querying every single time yeah. I email. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm like, I know this is trash. Please take well, it. Well, for heaven's sakes, our critique group, every time I read right now, I'm like, guys, I don't even know what I want to hear. Like, I don't know if I want just a positivity pass or, like, some thoughts, but, like, I, ugh, I hate, hate everything. Like, so, no, I get it. Like, it's so hard to it's so easy to be hard on everything. So querying that way back when. And it was like the message was like, if you're not sending it out to like 200 agents, then you really haven't like touched the pool. And the message now has changed to like, hey, there aren't that many agents that are good. Right? <laughs> like, so like, you know. Yeah, I do see that mm-hmm. a lot. Like a lot of people are like, not every agent is a good yeah. one. and. It's better to have no agent at all than a bad agent. And it's like, it's so hard to like really, like you don't want to believe that. Because yeah. it's like, if I if I catch anyone, it's like, ah, oh, I'll be so happy. Yeah. But then having to be like, oh no, I got to throw you back. Because you're, yeah. like, I, like I don't know. I don't know. I had a friend that was agented and I don't know exactly what happened. I know that she was on submission supposedly, but she never had any updates about that. And yeah, she oh is no God. longer agented. So yeah, I think that kind of happened to her where it was like, this isn't working and I just have to be done. You know, I just, I think that everyone has been like, you know, 
self-publishing, indie publishing is so much more of an option than it was even six years ago that the agent role, it's better to have a, a good agent than it is to have a bad agent and not go indie. You know what I mean? And everybody has their own goals. And like you said, like this is a, a project that you'd like this for. I think you really got to understand like what the goals of this project are. Mm-hmm. Like for yourself. Yeah. Like how, like what do I want to see this? How, like, I don't know. Left brain. You know what's nice, Kate? Is we have had a worse <clears throat> episode that we've recorded before. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't release no, it. No, we didn't. We definitely But I feel like that. this one is still, there's still something to like tease out of it. You know, so like yeah. we already hit rock bottom, and I'm just saying, like, True. if we're comparing, we're still doing better than we did that one time. So I feel like I'm gonna be cutting a lot of this. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I had a thought earlier. Okay. So it was that. So everyone is constantly telling you that the market is so subjective, and you know, so subjective is like the thing you just hear constantly uh-huh. over and over uh-huh. again, and. And, like, it's true. I think, like, it as a reader, I feel that. As a writer, I feel that. So, kind of, like, sidestepping our query topic, I think there's so much to learn from consuming stuff that is objectively bad. What do you mean by that? Okay. Um, you're familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000, Absolutely. right? Yeah, I love it. I told you that two nights ago I went to see it live mm-hmm. with my boyfriend, Austin. Yeah. And... I'm sure listener has heard me talk about every time I watch a movie with Austin, he goes, it was great. And I go, it was shit. (laughs) Or here's all its flaws. And he'll be like, oh, I didn't mind those things. And I'll be like, you're terrible. (laughs) I don't say that to him, but I I tell him his opinions are terrible. No, I don't. I don't say that. No, I do just tell him outright he's terrible and he thinks that's endearing. (laughs) He thinks that's endearing. Oh, my God. Because I would, too. So I get it. Andrew tells me I'm the worst at everything. So, like, I get it. God, why yeah, are you bad at this? sound like this shit you find on Reddit. It's like, am I the asshole? I'm constantly being told that I'm the worst. Um, well, like, like, it's stupid stuff. Like, moving around in bed. He's like, how are you so bad at this? And all, all I'm doing how is rolling over. terrible at sleeping? Yeah, no, he's told me that. So... <laughs> I get it. I don't know. It's I'm like, the Austin. I, you know, it's the when you have someone you're close to and you can kind of make fun of yeah. them. And they'll enjoy well, it. Well, yeah. Like, um, yeah. also, like, it, it, it's not like he's trying to hurt my feelings. This is how he communicates. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. Though. Right? So, so this is like a conversation I rehash with Austin constantly mm-hmm. is. He likes bad things. You know. We we have such different opinions on movies and like how good they are. Mm-hmm. We went to the Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which you know if you don't if you never watched it before, it's a TV series where a couple of comedians have like a small sci fi premise kind of framing the show, mm-hmm. but it's really like an as an excuse for a few comedians, some of them are puppet puppeteering robots, to um, watch a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And just riff on it constantly. Which is a riot. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Although I am finding that there's, like, a genre that I enjoy more to watch being riffed on than, like, other genres. Yes! 
scenes. Like, I, I have such a penchant for, like, specifically terrible 80s movies that have, like, that high fantasy or okay. high sci-fi. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I just... The worlds are better, and the costumes are fun to uh-huh. look at, and everyone's doing the most bonkers shit possible. One of my favorites is uh, Mitchell, I think is the name of the movie. But okay, so okay. we were talking about how subjective all of this is. And you went to yeah. the theater. Oh, wait, you're not going to tell me the no, but you, <laughs> anything about Mitchell? No, I'm not. <laughs> I was waiting for you to, so that's where my brain was. Okay. So you wanted me to pick up what I was you talking You were like, about. you're not going to tell me. I'm like, I need you to tell me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So we watched a movie um, in Europe. It was called Joey, but in the American release, it was called um, Making Contact. Okay. And this movie is like someone really wanted to make every Steven Spielberg movie. Awesome that ever existed. I love like, it. Uh, I love it. Something that, like, you get from a lot of 80s uh-huh. movies is that someone saw, like, five Steven Spielberg movies and was like, I'm gonna rip them all off. Yes. There are so many, like, E.T. bootleg, you know? Yeah, it's just... agreed. Like, that influence is so, like, strong. Yeah, no, everyone looked at what he was doing and was like, you know what? That stuff is easy to copy some of, like, his more obvious conventions of the slow pan, the Mm -hmm. kind of very soft, tinkling music, the dramatic lightning lighting, uh, like storm rumbling in the distance, kind Mm -hmm. of bringing up the tension. Child looks on, vacant expression constantly, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Maybe those aren't all Spielberg conventions. I never really studied him. I didn't either, but like I get get what you're saying. I had like real life play-bys in my head as you were describing it. God, and I'll, honestly, like, just personally, I hated E.T., so. I haven't seen it. I really don't feel any need to, so. I honestly cannot recommend it, <laughs> because, like, I know, I know a lot of people love it, but, like, for me, like, as a kid, the pacing was really slow. And that's, and... yeah, I remember, like, it being on when I was a kid, and me being like, I have no interest in this, and that's just a weird-looking cabbage with face. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Sorry, Steven Spielberg, but you're, you're getting you're getting dunked on. I've liked your other. I've it. liked lots of your other stuff. I'm sure I liked something of yours at some point. Um, and I'm also sure you're listening to us <laughs> right not now. A compliment. <laughs> oh yeah, no, actually, no. It's funny. I went to the same community college as him. Obviously, not at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> that is really like, funny. Like, I went to the. I went there, and I was like, oh, he went here. <sighs> Subjective. Objective. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for bringing my brain You're back. You're welcome. Line. Um, but yeah. So this movie it starts out with, you know, this kid. His dad dies. So the funeral is very long, and then his dad calls him on the phone. And then there's this, uh, you know, so he's getting bullied at school because he tells all the kids that he's talking to his dad. You know, dad. talking to his dad through the toy phone. <laughs> it goes through these stages where it feels like, all right, this feels very much like you're making your Spielberg ripoff. It's on point. I'm kind of with it. And then it kind of goes into like very much a horror movie. Oh, gosh. And then it becomes very much a sci-fi movie. Okay. And then it goes right back into horror movie. And like, then it'll dip its toes into fun kid comedy. Oh, my gosh. This kind of reminds me of Arachnophobia, where like that movie did not know what to be. Right? Like, oh, yeah. It is all so bizarre. Yeah. It, yeah, it did not know what to be. But okay, so. Yeah, and so I think, like, 
watching bad movies is like such a easy way to really identify what went wrong mm-hmm. here in this story. Mm-hmm. What could you have done to patch this up? And I feel like it because it teaches those kind of overall skills. And then like over time you refine that and you can bring that back to your own writing and you're saying, am I keeping on sh- track with my genre or did I just insert something that felt very horror movie-esque? Because I yeah. think we were... <laughs> You know, you ever read like a romance novel and then it's like, actually, this starts, this is really starting to feel like a horror premise. And I just, I need to know she's going to be okay. Uh, yes. Um, that happens sometimes. That happens. Well, and then also like, but like there was one where the heroine was in a really dark place and it just kept getting darker and more like self-abusive. And I was like, ooh where is the romance coming in here like this is just the roughest of roughest and she kept on saying how everything changed (laughs) 10 years before i was like okay okay but like okay (laughs) it was all very rough it was a hard it's like okay when are you gonna tell me what changed about the 10 years before event can can we yeah it was a lot it was rough it was all i remember listening to it and just being like like it just was heavy the whole way through i was just like getting more and more burdened and i'm like this is not escapism <laughs> like, i need out oh my god this <laughs> this is like 100 percent reminding me of like that time i showed you a sex scene i wrote and then you came back to me with it feels like self-harm and oh! i was like holy shit that's not what i intended <laughs> but i was so <laughs> i remember that i was so focused on like bringing her anxiety about what was going uh-huh. on and her emotions to the forefront yeah. that I didn't realize I was like overdoing mm-hmm. it. And so like, even though that was like <laughs> brutal. I am so sorry if it was brutal. I do remember trying oh, to no, find no, like, it was kind best, of funny yeah. actually. I do remember like, it was like, like, I need to say it. Like I can't like, I need to say it. I don't know. I can't let her not know. <laughs> like, sort of thing. I don't. I, I do want to go back and correct the thing I said before. If if you're like in a dark romance or like a suspenseful romance, yeah. having those dark horror elements in there is on. Like you yes. should do that. But, but if it's a rom com, yeah. and suddenly it strays into, I don't think she's safe, and I don't know what genre we're in anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I think that we're um back to like what is the promise or premise that you have set for the reader and there are certain yeah. indicators what expectations have you put? yeah like what is the cover looking like what is the title of it because that was another thing is like the title did not indicate that this was going to be a dark heavy ride yeah um, i mean so like cover and titles some usually i feel like come last yeah or at least they get finalized last i agree and so that's why it should really be able to follow the tone right like, as an illustrator, and because I've done book covers for a lot of people, sometimes what, like, I bump up against is this chapter excerpt you've sent me. Mm. Tonally, I feel like it doesn't match what you've asked me to make. Okay. And, see, okay, so it's, like, just a personal rule that I don't read the entire book. Okay. 
because I've gotten too many authors who have sent me, who have said, here's the entire book, you can read it. But then they expect you to kind of become their editor. And it's like, that's a job you didn't pay me yeah. for. <laughs> like, you're just paying me for the illustration. Well, and then also, like, I kind of feel like it would be like a blurb where it's like kind of just knowing like the best, the stuff on top that would be more Yeah, no, sometimes they send me a chapter and I'll read part of the chapter and I'm fine with that. Uh-huh. But like, I am saying that sometimes people... <laughs> In the past, I have been sent an entire manuscript, and you can tell the person who's sending this to you is kind of expecting to get feedback. Two jobs out of you. Ooh, not cool. Feedback, mm-hmm. yes. They want you to edit something for them or like give really in depth opinion- opinions, and it's like, I'm just here to do the cover. Mm-hmm. So now it's like policy not to accept more than a chapter from an author if I'm doing I like that policy. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of, because you've been in a because you are an illustrator. We were talking about tones. We were talking about tone. Sometimes, like from the synopsis they give me or the description they give me, I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to talk about your story more mm-hmm. because I feel like the cover you've come up with. Because sometimes people do come up to come to me and they say, I have my idea for the cover mm-hmm. all here, and you're gonna do this exactly. And I'm like, okay. No, but like I. I am on the re- I have been on the receiving end of that where you like listen to what I had in mind and you created it and yeah we have had this yeah thing where I made a cover for you because you did have like a, a firm idea of what you wanted yeah. but then I think we got to a point where you, we just kept going back and forth on some really little details yeah. on it and nothing we did felt like it was making it work yeah and at one point I was just like I think it's because what we're doing doesn't match the tone of your story. And also, not just that it didn't match the tone, but also, like, it didn't convey the story. Like, the reader already knows, well, hopefully the reader already knows it's a romance. The idea I had did not convey enough story, I felt, to grip a reader to read the story, right? And the idea you have, the idea you had and created, I think is a much better um, hook. Well, so I think also I was in a position to suggest the new cover because I had read so much of your book to begin Mm -hmm. with. I know. I was thinking I've got quite the benefit because everything I write, you've already read. (laughs) Yeah. But like, so, you know, not every author that I've worked with has had the hot, the, I don't want to call it hindsight. Is it self-aware? Not self-awareness either, but kind of like a self-awareness about your story. Mm -hmm. To really understand the tone it conveys. Like whenever I talk about a movie, mm-hmm. I, I say like, every, all these actors know what movie they're in. Okay. And you say that when you're, when they really know what role and what archetypes they're playing in. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, no one's here overacting because they think they're in a melodrama. Or like, we've got one guy overacting because he thinks he's in a melodrama and everyone else thinks they're in like a, you know more subdued yeah, drama absolutely. and they're all underacting you yeah know? yeah like they're all making the same we're scene. all on the same yeah. level of drama and so i want to apply that kind of thinking to a book an author knowing that all the scenes are kind of in line in tone and that they know what notes they're hitting you're not stepping on anything accidentally or wandering into an area or another genre or anything that you're not aware of does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i'm getting so vague no that totally makes sense to me 
I'm not going to repeat everything you just said, but I absolutely, it does make <laughs> sense. <laughs> oh man, I was hoping you'd repeat everything <laughs> back to me so I could make like, yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> okay, I'll just, uh, I'll play back my side From of the recording top. where it doesn't have your voice oh, in it. No. <laughs> now everything sounds so much better when you say it. <laughs> Except for the intro. My mom really likes when you do the intro. <laughs> oh, you know, I thought... Uh, we'll get to it later, because I did have a thought about outros. Oh, okay. But, you know, I feel like we need a little more time to make up for everything I'm going to cut <laughs> from the beginning <laughs> of this. <laughs> okay, but I will say, like, I remember doing the recording of our latest episode that went up. And I remember being like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is, like, how we're going to lose so many listeners with this one. And then I was listening to it and you would edit it in such a way that I was like, oh, we're cute. We're really cute. (laughs) So, you know, I think you'll do wonders with this one too, you know? Okay. Well, here's hoping. Here's hoping. So we were talking about queering and I do want to bring it back to that. Yeah. Because I think, so, uh, you know, I want to, I, wrote my whole manuscript and I, you know, peer reviewed it with all of our cover members and, you know, I got as many people as I could to read it and give me feedback. And then I thought it was completely polished and everything Mm -hmm. it could be. And so then I just started throwing it out there. And, you know, I couldn't, I was like, I'm just so done with it. It needs to like, I'm going to push it out a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and like, uh, entered it into like pitmad and things thing like things that like pitch contests that really make you sit down and work on your pitch and work on your synopsis and work on your query letter you know mm-hmm. things that you have to have these things ready for yeah. even though there's like one in ten thousand chance that you're gonna get anywhere yeah. with it like, the odds are not ever I in think- your favor I still think submitting to those is very good for pushing you to sit down and get these things done. Yes. You know, because it does put a deadline on Yeah. Them. And if you don't have a deadline, maybe you don't work so well without it. I don't um, know. Maybe you can't work without a deadline. Um, maybe you should stop saying that to me. <laughs> like directly. You <laughs> hear me saying <laughs> I get it, Kate. I need a deadline. Deadlines, deadlines, I know. deadlines. Oh my gosh. I am really good at making sure I meet deadlines, but without them, I am just not very good at making things happen. I say that, but like clearly I am. I don't know. I cannot set deadlines for myself because I know that I'm the person who set them. <laughs> and I'll just be like, oh, let's push it back. <laughs> hey, I've had a hard time, Kate. That's cool, Kate. <laughs> I will just bribe the person who writes the calendar. But, like, having editors booked and knowing that, like, I have to hit this, mm. like, that's helped me out. Like, I, I need to get this yeah. thing done. Well, but so also, there's, like, I think the, there's the critiques you get from your friends, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I feel like now that you know me a lot better, I don't know if you would say to me, hey, this sex scene feels like self-harm. <laughs> I don't know if I would. I I probably would. You think so? Yeah, because I have the mentality of like, as your friend, I should say those things instead of you letting a stranger read it and not knowing those things. Does that make sense? I feel like the more I get to know people, the harder it is to tell them, hey, man, you're going the wrong direction on this and you need to start over. And the, like the times that I have given that advice, <laughs> I I, th- I feel like I do tell you a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot of, 
I want to say, like, most of my thoughts on it. Okay. Um, I think maybe sometimes if I have, like, a really nitpicky thought that, like, can wait till, like, you do your final uh-huh. editing rounds, then I might leave that out. But, like, I try to, I think I really just try to bring the upfront structural things uh-huh. and, like, keep my criticism in line with story. Like, the stage your story's at. Like, are you in the first draft? Yeah. Are you still figuring out your characters? Your plot line? Like, I'm so afraid to critique a plot if it's the final draft. And I'm like, I think you should undo this thing. <laughs> because that's such a tall order. I totally know what you're saying. Um, but I think that does add pressure to bring my thoughts out first thing. When you do have, when I do spot, like, an issue in your plot lines. When you're in the beginning yeah. of stages. Well, and, like, as far as, like, that critique, I still think I would have told you. Like, I'm, because I also remember, like, really edging to that statement, but maybe I am remembering it incorrectly. Because I remember being like, uh, she seemed really nervous. Uh, she doesn't seem like this is something that she's about. <laughs> she doesn't. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, I really need her to know how I, how I feel about this. <laughs> And so, because, like, it always goes, it's like if I have makeup on my teeth, you, like, if I have, like, yeah. lipstick on my teeth, like, you're my friend. You don't let me walk out the house that way. I would rather hear that yeah. from you than I would want to hear it from someone else. True. But, like, at the same rate, I have expressed to you uh, about being sensitive to critiques in a way. True. So I can totally see how that would, like, adjust your, like, what you're saying to me does that make sense but like yeah i'm not gonna outright tell you i don't like this character or i'm not connecting with these characters i might be like more precise with my criticism i might say something like i need more emotions on this thing from her to understand where she's coming from dude apparently i am like just into taking everything personal tonight because now i'm like what characters don't you like (laughs) (laughs) it's Cece. i hate her (gasps) Take it back. <laughs> Do you really? Hate she's her? a rabid bitch. <laughs> no. Because I love her. She is a bitch, and that's why I love her. <laughs> well, but I think there's also like a level of like we already know. We, well, I already know I like your writing, and so like when you share things, yeah, you don't have to like warm up to the way exactly like i already have some level of like understanding of like your voice your tone your wit like all that's going to come through and so i find myself more invested in anything you share like if it's at the very beginning of you sharing it i'm more invested Mm -hmm. because i know that as we progress i'm just going to feel more and more for these people and i think that's one of the hardest things about querying is like you're just cold calling and they don't know what's coming next, right? Absolutely. Like, they don't know you. You don't know them. You've stalked them a little bit through their <laughs> manuscript yeah, but they list. They have not shown you the same courtesy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely not. You're just, like, another rando knocking exactly. on the door. And they're just like, oh, when God, stop? you again. <laughs> like, I feel like we're giving agents such a bad Well, I was here. just going to say, that's one of my favorite things about shipping and handling is, like, it does humanize agents. And I hmm. think that that's yeah. I feel quite... like when you're on that kind of side of the wall, yeah, it's so hard to like 
feel like like to retain that empathy just constantly mm-hmm. well and like they acknowledge that like this is something that's really important to every single person that sent it to them you know oh yeah but like they also can't accept everything that's sent to them exactly although i do want to bitch about one agent i found who like <laughs> i'm not gonna name her yeah because they're absolutely this people send out absolutely insane things. oh yeah i cannot send wait the cannot wait queries. to tell you this one Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. But, like, there are also, like, I, there, are all, there are agents who I've heard go above and beyond and, like, do so much good. And, like, that's why you're querying, because you want mm-hmm. someone who's that kind of champion. Yeah. And you do want someone to be on your side and, like, just relish in how happy a story makes you. Yeah. And, like, help spread it to people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's so beautiful. And that's, like, why you do all this toiling. <laughs> but... God, then every now and then you find someone who's like, I don't accept anything in first person in past tense or oh god, yes. <laughs> anything in first person point That's... of view past tense. Yeah. Or <laughs> only submit past tense third person. In like, you know what? Like their font specifics were like, okay. You want everything in Times New Roman or Comic Sans? Fine. I will change it in the document. It's, it's fine. fine. But past <laughs> takes two tense clicks. third person is the only type of manuscript you will read like wow yeah that's insane to me do you really have a hand on as a reader exactly and like that's my thing is like do you really have a hand on the market if you will only read those things because the market does represent more than just those things yeah no there's a lot of books that are first person out there or in like i'm currently reading first person present tense and it's not jarring at all guys like it's just the way she wrote it so so yeah like as a reader i think i'm more likely to like just my personal opinion sometimes i feel like first person is very hard to get right at least for me my as a reader as a reader mm-hmm. i don't like first person i would say i don't like it much as a writer either but <laughs> i don't notice much either way honestly like i don't notice okay as a writer i have now gotten to the point where my voice is very stuck in first person and so i found it really hard to try to switch to third person um but as a reader i hardly notice sometimes i'll be like halfway through a book and i'm like is this first person or third person like if i step away from it i'm like what 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 am i reading does that make sense like i just really don't pay much attention to it you know what fucks me up is i outline in present tense okay. and then i prefer to write in past yeah. tense so like i get a lot fucked up like there's just a lot of things that are still in present tense and it's like ugh, comb through for this also like i was telling you like when i'm sending out like my queries occasionally you get a piece of feedback mm-hmm. and sometimes it's you know sometimes it's something that like you know immediately what they're talking about and you're like yes i'll change yeah. that i've been feeling like i need to change that and t- sometimes it's like Ouch, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. That's so true of, like, criticism in general. Yeah. Right? But I think, like, through the querying process, I've re- rewritten my first chapter a handful of times now. Yeah. And then uh, re- yesterday, I I deleted my second chapter. Mm-hmm. I moved it. Like, I cut it down to 500 words, and I stuck it in a later on chapter. Yeah, we were talking about that. Do you feel like it was the right move? Because it sounds to me like it was a good move. See, the thing is, I was so reluctant to get rid of it because I had that kind of A, B, A, B back and forth between Claire and Matt. Mm -hmm. And so that was the Matt chapter where he got introduced. Mm -hmm. 
but it was such a slow plot heavy chapter and it was setting things up for the ending Mm -hmm. that didn't really need to be set up this early yeah and i think it really slowed down all the energy that we kind of picked up from claire's introductory chapter and you know i think maybe that getting rid of his chapter sort of carried the energy that that kind of anxious energy she had from the first chapter and her you know her worry the the the, the, the dramatic tension and all that carried it into her chap her second chapter and really let us get to know her better Mm -hmm. before we got to meet matt and it kind of maybe it'll hold him it'll keep him more in mystery to the reader until until it's appropriate does that make sense yeah it does because as i don't want to like start explaining the whole thing but like claire sees him with a lot of mystique yeah and she's kind of intimidated by him and then like by the time we get to his perspective we learn he's just the guy who has absolutely no control over anything in his life and it's kind of like Oh, he's he's just some dude. <laughs> he needs to get it together. I think that's kind of a funny moment. I that's one of my favorite things about the um about like that story is how much like you play around with uh identity where mm-hmm. um and their perceptions exactly. of each other. Yeah. Yes. I love that about that story. Because for one thing I find that incredibly fascinating. But also, like, specifically with those two, their personal identity is so different than the way the other person perceives them. I just... Yeah, exactly. And that's something I really wanted to, like, that, like, I feel like drives a lot of their initial friction with each other. Is because they haven't gotten over their preconceived notions of each other. Maybe that the... Maybe deleting that chapter... And give and giving a it an extra beat for Claire will have a better effect, even if it disrupts my perfect pattern. <laughs> well, and I that's one of the things that like I don't like to go back and forth, right? Like I do yeah. tell tell the story from both perspectives. I enjoy that, but I don't really care if they get equal screen time. Like whoever needs to tell this side of the story is who's going to be on screen, like. If I try to make sure that it's, um, if I were to implement a pattern, I would never be able to deviate from it. So it's best for me just not to have patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel Yeah. Uh, I had a thought. Where'd it go? Can't tell you. I have no freaking clue, dude. I had a thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's patterns. one of the hardest things about like getting lots of different and kind of obscure uh, critiques on something kind of is it's like critique, it's really it can yeah. be hard to know what to take and what not to take it will and like also like it's like when I was uh, looking for editors and one of them made a comment about uh, tell don't show and like yeah it's really or show don't tell and yeah it's really good advice but like there is a voice it's also really generic advice. it is really generic advice but like also there's a level of voice in what I write yeah. that like, also, I don't feel like I over tell if telling is just as important to pacing as, as, you know, showing is to immersification, right? Like every tool needs to be used. And so, yeah, it was just one of those situations where it's like, yeah, I think you heard, like I told you I was debut and you decided that I was going to have, I was going to write like a new writer 
And yes, this is my debut yeah. novel, but man, I've been writing peer reviewing my stuff for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, no, I don't think, I think there's, even since I've met you, I've seen you grow, it's, grow I, in the way you write. And it's only been like a year or yeah, so. I definitely have um, really appreciated like the influence of a coven. Kate and I have a, a critique group that we call the Smut Coven because <laughs> we're adorable. So <laughs> we make t-shirts. We make t-shirts and mugs because we're cute. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, we do have mugs. I keep meaning to buy the heart shape. I mug. need to do that. And we need another mug in the house, like a hole in the head. But you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but maybe I just like hang it on the wall or something because I think it's cute. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get like a mug rack. Now I just want to get like. A sticker and just put it on my cork board. Mm. Just as like a cute little like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the thing I wanted to propose Mm -hmm. for the way that we close out our episodes because we struggle with that (laughs) is that maybe we each you know kind of bring a short piece of writing advice that we are personally trying to take to heart. Oh, that's cute. You know? Okay. You know, like, something that, like, you're living by this week or you're focusing on this week. Okay. I feel like I should have given you more heads up on no. that, though. No! <laughs> I can come up with something. <laughs> so, uh, I would say, because I'm, like, so entrenched in editing right now, is I'm really focusing on following, like, the emotional arc, right? Okay. Where I'm making sure that, like, every chapter the characters build emotionally and it doesn't go back and forth right and so i feel like that's not great advice because like obviously when you're moving chapter to chapter like you can really pick up on whether or not someone is uh if you're hitting the same beat over and over and like stuff like that it's definitely easier when you're editing i think to like well, I have that kind of enough distance to see, okay. I also feel like it's something you shouldn't focus on, at least for me personally. It's something I shouldn't focus on in the rough draft portion or else I won't get anything written. Like, I just I just have to be able to, like, allow some freedom for the actual first draft to happen. I like to, to follow kind of broad emotional arcs, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But it's also, like you're coming from this angle and you're going into that angle. I feel like sometimes I'll throw in like inconsistent mood scenes for my characters. That's what I'm really keeping an eye out for. that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's a little bit inevitable for when I'm writing because I'm kind of writing my own moods. I'm writing, Mm -hmm. you know, at different points of every day, every month, every season. You know, you can tell I was seasonally depressed when I was (laughs) writing this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. There's like certain chapters of my my sci-fi thing, my sci-fi fantasy thing that I'm working on. Night and Shade? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, you could tell you were still grieving your cat. <laughs> and I'm looking at it like, yeah, you can pick those chapters. That's, that's okay. hard. Yeah, there was, uh, when I was writing Banded Together, there was like, there were just so many moments of like, it got so angsty and like depressive um i think a lot because of like it being you know at the beginning of may 2020 and like stuff like that you know so i uh 
I hadn't had any uh, interaction with humans for two months. And then, like, at that point, my son still wasn't sleeping through the night. Like, oh my yeah, God. he didn't start that until, like, How June. old was he then? 15 months? Oof. Yeah. Oof, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We started, mm. I want to say, lockdown in February. Okay. Ours? Because my mom called it during um, college spring break. And she kept my sister out of college for, like, a month before the school called the lockdown. Good for her. Which which is what made, it was kind of terrifying because my mom was like, all right, we're buying a second fridge. We're buying all the meat we can and stuffing it into this freezer. Yeah. And it was like, mom, we don't need to act like it's the apocalypse. And then it was the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, mom, please don't be psychic anymore. Um, yeah, we, the weekend before, like the third weekend of March, right? We actually went to like a birthday party for my cousin's son, who at that point turned one, because Ash has turned, Ash is like a like two weeks younger than him, and Ash has turned one and two in quarantine. Mm. I know, like it's just stuff like that. Like it's just totally freaking bizarre, but um, yeah, so. We went and I like we were on the way there and Andrew's like, I just really wonder if this is a wise decision. But at that point, the CDC wasn't like saying anything. They weren't doing anything. And like Detroit was a red zone, but the whole state didn't really know, you know, and it was just like, yeah, yeah. The following weekend, we were in hard lockdown. And um, yeah, it was like if if that party had been a weekend later, everything would have changed. I was supposed to go on a plane and to a concert the last weekend of March 2020 like so yeah there was just a lot of big changes oh. and like you said like those feelings really found their way into those stories yeah they will do that yeah what a weird yeah, time to be alive man were. Darcy died and I was in a creative writing class and it was like the second half of that semester I just, everything I wrote was about either kittens being born or cats dying. And I just could not get out of that funk. Because I just, I I needed to process these emotions and I just was not having that space. Yeah. I understand. Ugh. Feelings are so much. I mean, thank goodness for writing, though. Like. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been Romance Writers Therapy. (laughs) Wait. I didn't say. joking. You want to share one thing one week and I'll no, share No, you can do it. You can totally week. do it. I was joking. I was joking. Oh. Go for it. <laughs> I'm just really funny, Kate. Yes. Oh, you're so funny. What's your thing? Not, so, I don't know. My thing's definitely kind of cheesy. Mm. You know, I was thinking about, like, so, many, so much when I was growing up, I would see, like, you know, writers give talks at, like, local libraries. And they always say bullshit, like, right from the heart. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, because you're a kid, you're like, that sounds so phoned in. That's such canned advice. But then, like, I've been... uh, The other day, I was feeling badly about what I was writing because I was like, this isn't as standing up to my own pretentious standards Mm -hmm. of what's good writing and these aren't impressing the people I wanted to impress. You know, and then I was like... But, like, like I got to such a down place where it's like, I don't want to care about these things. God, I just want to 
write what I want to write. Yeah. And just have fun with it. Yeah. Anyways. But then it's also like, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't know that, well, I definitely can't, but I don't know if anyone else really can write from a place that is not what you just find fun. You know, I feel like people talk about, oh, I'll write to market. You know, I'll write what the market wants. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't enjoy that, then you're not going to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. And then well, the market changes if you're, so fast. I'm thinking about like like the whole, a lot of people have that goal of I want to be published. And I think the more you kind of learn about the publishing industry, the more you learn that being traditionally published is such a long shot. And mm-hmm. even if you put all the effort you possibly can into it, you have to kind of accept that you might not get them. Mm-hmm. And I think so you need to really find some kind of zen with just loving what you do, even if you don't get published, like having other goals for I it. completely... I don't no, know. This is so depressing. I get that, though, and I think that it's right. Give up on no, your dreams. No, it's not that. It's that you have to love the process to some degree. Yeah. You have to have some sort of passion. Like, are you doing this because you want to make money off of it? Are you doing this because you want to be rich and famous? In and like, if that's your Twitter goal, club, I don't know. Like, if that's your goal and that's your passion, awesome. But you're that's going to make the day to day process is going to be really like tiring at that rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where um, I think like you definitely have to find a way to make sure it feeds your soul. Mm-hmm. And isn't just taking. Yeah. Okay. Well, because, like, also, and like, I'm sitting down and doing all these edits, and this is, like, the fourth or... I think it's, like, the fourth time I've gone through all of these chapters. And, like, totally reworking yeah. so many things. And if there wasn't some love behind there, this this process would suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, for all the months that I, like, absolutely can't look at my manuscript, and I'm like, I hate it. I don't want to think about it. There's also all these other months where it's like, I am actually secretly so in love yeah. with my own book. That's beautiful. And it's my favorite oh. book. It's the best thing anyone has ever oh, written. That's such a good feeling. It's like when I sent you that like little clip from uh, the work in progress I have going right now. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. coming back to this and there's these cute little nuggets. Like, yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah. It's grueling. And also just want to tack on a piece of third advice, okay. which is stop deleting Word and Office off of your computer. Because <laughs> I am once again you are not. Microsoft Office, oh. and I had to edit my entire... I had to edit two chapters to send it in. What did you use? Uh, to the... What did you use? Oh, I... Well, so there's like a... I didn't want to download LibreOffice uh-huh. again, so I just used Google Docs. Okay. That was such a mess. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, listener. Yeah, so stop stop deleting, deleting off computer if you have those programs. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. I just replace the hard drive. I don't touch anything. So. Yeah, you don't mess around with. I shit. don't. I don't. I don't download anything. I don't touch anything. <laughs> I am downloading things constantly. Oh, I so so many. I like viruses. double check everything before i hit download because yeah i don't want viruses but okay listener listener listen listen are you listening this has been romance writers therapy thank you for listening i am marty b 
You can find me on the Twitter at author Marty B. You can find me on the TikTok at, and Instagram at Marty B. Author. And you can sign up for my newsletter at www.martyb.com. And Kate Pryor is here too. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at by Kate Pryor. And you can pick up her book, Love, Laugh, Lich, on the Amazon. And yeah, we love you. You're awesome. And if you don't love us already, you will. You will. You're good. That sounds like a threat. You're gonna love me. (laughs) God, there was a book I read called I'll Make You Love Me. And... I did not love the book. I'm sorry. I struggled with it. Oh, that sounds so aggressive. (laughs) No, it it, it was a fine book. I think I was in a bad place when I was reading it, so I was like super critical of everything. Oh, that's such a mood. That is such a mood. All right, signing off. Bye.